Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Hey, good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of TS Radio. And we have a show lined up tonight that uh, we hope many of you will participate in. We are looking for a man named David Italiano in Pennsylvania. He has been isolated, whereabouts unknown, by his guardian. And there's people who are very concerned about him and his welfare. Uh, the man had fear that they were going to murder him. I wonder why. Anyway... We'll be talking mm-hmm. about that at about his case and uh, what was going on there. Uh, we have a lot of things coming down now. Peggy Dupree brought up several things about these bills rustling through Congress. And the, this bill in Florida uh, where Peggy said that if you're in Florida for even three days and you get any kind of service at all, they can snag you down there. And your home state can't claim residency and bring you back. Uh, Peggy sent me, and I'll be publishing this, the excerpts from the bills where they're located that say exactly that. That if you get any kind of service, you get your toenails done, you play golf, you get any kind of service in Florida, and you're down there on vacation or just whatever, they can seize you and claim jurisdiction. And so we'll we'll be having something up, direct information on that with links to the bills and their location, the line numbers, and so on. Then, oh, let's see, what else is happening? Um, The case up in Alaska. This thing is going berserk. And uh, Kaz and I have been asked to fly up, and I don't know if we're going to make the trip this time with all this faked-up virus stuff going on. And um, I really don't want to try to navigate the airport. So it just... um, I don't know. We haven't decided what we're going to do, but we'll let you know. Uh, if we if we take this trip, we'll be gone about a week to ten days, and um, but we'll give you all advance notice. Okay. If we um, if Kaj, we don't come to, if we don't freeze to death up there, yeah, if we'll be back in ten days if we don't freeze to death up there. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, can we can we yeah. choose the summer, not the winter? <laughs> oh. I think they are, they're doing all that they're doing is because the weather is so severe. And, of course, the conditions at the airports are absolutely insane. And uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't what know was it, either. Yeah, it, those um, 1,800 flights canceled. I got caught in that cause yeah. here two years ago, American mm-hmm. Airlines. I was flying out of South Carolina. And uh-huh. they I sat in that airport all day long and... Um, I'd gotten to Charlotte, North Carolina, 
I sat there all day long, and they canceled my flight finally 7 o'clock at night. And my friend came and picked me up, brought me back the next morning, and it took me from 9.45 in the morning till about quarter after one at night to get home to Minnesota, where I was living at the time. And there was people just stranded, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands, everywhere. And they were canceling flights. They claimed all their planes had mechanical trouble. It was just terrible. They all had mechanical trouble. And uh, I thought, geez, if you know your planes are that rickety, I don't think I want to fly with you. But anyway, I know, uh, and that's too far you know, of a drive. I don't think we'd want to drive to Alaska. No, no, in the no. We, no. We love you, Cindy, and we are so honored that you asked us. We we are yeah. contemplating it, but it's yeah. yeah. She she will totally understand with the distance with the distance and yeah. everything. But oh my gosh. We might yeah, just take well, one for the team and go, huh, Marty? Oh. Yeah, there you go. We'll have a bunch together. Yeah, we, I get molested so bad by TSA. I, it's like I told mm. you, I never, never once I get through there know whether to go get on my flight or start planning a baby shower. Um, like I've said many yeah. times, if a man did to me what a TSA agent does, just going through security, I'd still be trying to put his nuts out his ears. And uh, it just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. The biggest terrorists in the country right now are TSA, in my opinion. And these people yeah. gladly and willingly molest you, maul you, take advantage of what they're doing. You go t- walk through a damn, what is it, $600 million machine, and you mm-hmm. have to put your hands on me? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, it's it almost just, like they get away with all this behavior. It's like there could be a guardian even yeah. getting away with there behavior. Yeah. Imagine that. Maybe they're in training. Guardian in training. Could, Let's see who's good here. Yeah. Well, that's what I told that one who she bucked up and said, I work for TSA. I said, all that tells me is you have certain character deficiencies. And they hired you. I said, you're otherwise unemployable. And she blew up. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me yeah. about how I work for TSA. You know, that's like telling me, I'm a guardian. So you're a predator. I don't know what I would do if I met someone for the first time and they said, oh, pleased to meet you. I'm actually a professional guardian. I, I, I'd be like, <gasps> yep. oh, my gosh, what would I do? Yeah. Yeah, and especially yeah. if I was somewhere in Pennsylvania, I'd really oh my God. be choking. I might have yeah. to run for my life if I, if I met a guardian <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Well, you know, oh it's, my the goodness. thing is, we're, thanks to a Shenanigans in Montgomery County Facebook page, and yes. I forgot to put that on the promo, too, and I'll have to tell Mr. Shenanigans to apologize. But things got screwed up this afternoon. I I made a mistake and wiped out a whole bunch of stuff on my computer. I had to get a friend to help me. And um, but yeah. uh, it's the new year. <laughs> yeah, and I'm an old lady. And uh, but <laughs> it just uh, uh, you know Montgomery County. I mean these states. It's like they're Michigan, of course, is a cesspool. Pennsylvania yeah. has got to be the worst. Even even worse than yeah. Florida, and you have to go somewhere yes. worse than Florida. You really I, do. I, I uh, think so. Yeah. yeah, and we can't. Um, you know what gets me? Cause we've been raising hell. Yeah. We go to the summit and we speak. 
get right in mm-hmm. these people's faces with this stuff. And just like tonight, uh, when this Karen comes on, who's advocating for David Italiano, they were in touch with Bob Casey's office. And you remember him from years ago, Tracy oh, Miller. Oh, yeah, he's so, yep. He's such yep. a dick. Um, mm-hmm. Tracy Miller begged and pleaded with, I mean, just mm-hmm. humbled herself in front of begging him to help her save her brother from that heart-shorn person that was had had his her grips on him. And, of course, he was disabled. She's taken his Social Security, his disability. She's taken everything. Mm-hmm. And wherever she'd try to stash her, her brother, I believe his name was Bob, uh, Tracy would find him. And uh, Tracy yeah. passed away from cancer here about six, yeah. seven years ago. But she mm-hmm. was after Bob Casey, that just begged and pleaded with that man. And he would do yeah. absolutely nothing, nothing. Yeah. And uh, he, I believe he, Tracy, him on, yeah, they end up somehow getting, tra- last I knew when I had talked to Tracy, her brother was in Virginia. Why was he in another state? Yeah. 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 She that yeah. guardian was hauling him all over the place. That was such mm-hmm. a sad, sad story, and I've always wondered what happened to him. Yes. Yeah. And then when she passed from cancer, and that mm-hmm. went very quickly. Um, she yeah. found out it she was had a shock. it. it very sh- yeah. A short it was time a later, she passed, and uh, yeah. I talked to her the day before she passed away. And, Did you really? Uh, mm-hmm. 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 Talked to Tracy you know, a lot. It just goes to show what a special person she is because the fact yes. that she's been passed away six or seven years ago and we are still talking mm-hmm. about her right now and, of course, talking yeah. wonderful things about her, it yes. really shows the character and integrity that she had. Um, yeah. I would, I would wonder how the Otholes will be talked about, you know, six or seven years after they passed away if people would be saying as many glowing things about them. But I would just really think, because, you know, a lot of times after six or seven years pass away, you mm-hmm. you forget about people. But oh, the yeah. fact that we yeah. have not forgotten about Tracy Ann. We have not forgot. She's yeah. still, um, every once in a while, like I'll see something, there's a memory page for her on Facebook, or she'll come yeah. up on a memory, and she's still there. And yeah. she was she was a very special person. And yes, I can only was. hope that she's a, that she's a pretty little pretty little angel looking down on us, well, saying, "Go get them, girls." I, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she had an impact. Oh, you know yes. what time it is? <laughs> it's time for the hog report. <laughs> oh my gosh, our yeah, most yeah. favorite thing. And yes. speaking of the hog report, which is brought to you by Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. Go make sure to like it because Otholes don't like that page. So if someone doesn't like something, you should pay attention. So they really hate mm-hmm. that page, but we love that page. So anyway, yep. today today's um, hog is the undercover hog. So sometimes, okay. Marty, the glory <laughs> hog goes undercover. You haven't mm-hmm. heard anything mm-hmm. from the glory hogs in a while. They're mm-hmm. They're underneath, kind of like... A cockroach hiding under a rock, you know, just Uh getting all gross looking under there, trying to plot and plan. Because you know what happens? The little hog tail is between their legs right now. So (laughs) they're in hiding because that little round curly hog tail, because you know what? 
sometimes things don't go as the glory hogs planned and they get called out on their hogalicious things. Uh-huh. And so now they're undercover because they got to lay low, a lay low, yeah. hide under a rock, just lay low. But, but trust me, Marty, they are still causing problems because while oh, yeah. they're laying low, they are, they they have certain people that they think are loyal to them, and these people mm-hmm. probably are loyal to them because they're blinded by the hog, the hogness. So they're blinded by the hog, <laughs> and they're loyal. They're loyal to the undercover hog. And the undercover hog, it's dark underneath there, a little cockroach hiding under the, the rocks. It's dark. And so the, the friend who's loyal to, you know, undercover glory hogs, they're in the dark also because all this is undercover. It's all in the dark. And you can't see really well. So you aren't seeing the hog for who they really are because they look like mm-hmm. a cockroach right now under that rock. But they're really a little hog with a little twirly tail. And mm-hmm. so that's a very dangerous place to be, to be one of the mm-hmm. hog's loyal, loyal people while they're mm-hmm. hiding under a rock with the tail between their legs. It's very, yep. It is a very dangerous place to be if you have not been listening to the hog report and you have not been paying attention to the signs that you should be paying attention so that you realize you're dealing with a hog. Would you agree, Marty? There you go. I agree. I agree. And yep. they're probably hiding These under hogs... that rock with a couple of guardians. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're doing a public service with this hog report. We are warning people what to look for. And right now, yes. if you did not heed the warning and you fell in love with some hogs and you think they're great, you're in a dangerous place right now because you're under a rock and you can't see really good what's going on and they're undercover with you. And they are plotting and they are plotting and planning their next thing to do. Their next Well, and that's just it. And it isn't ever about the client. It is always you know, it isn't about the elderly person. Um, it isn't about them, it's about getting their face in front of the camera, making sure Mm -hmm. they're quoted when you know, because they are the world's greatest advocate yeah why they were sent in here by god blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah blah and if there's a camera running anywhere they got their face in it and um and passing out their business cards telling people how they are the uh probably the lead guardian in the united states advocate in the united states if not globally but they've been censored globally in many places and um of course if you see anything where there's a celebrity involved. They, of course, insert themselves right into it. And, oh, yeah. um, yes, it's just, yeah. you know, they aren't invited. <laughs> they're, they're gate they crashers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So, and sometimes they are well, successful. Yes. Sometimes they're successful at crashing the party because yep. people don't know what to look for and they're not expecting it. And there's so much desperation. People who are in these guardianship situations, you're desperate for anyone to help you. And yes. all the hog needs to do is come and say the right words to you and you you fall head over heels for the hog only because right. you aren't aware. And And we only hope that people become aware sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. And, yes. You know that's why we do the hog reports to because there you go. it's a public it's a public service. Yes, it is. 
And remember yes. that the Hog Report is brought to you by Shenanigans in Montgomery County on Facebook. And um, yes. you'll identify it when you see it. There's cockroaches all over the banner. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> That's right. But, and yeah. someday we're going to watch them scatter. You know, I just wanted to have a quick little mention on um, some of the corruption that's going on. I know that we're going to be talking about David who's missing, but we have had several people on here that have talked about Child Protective Services, which we will, of course, Grace Packer, who was fell through the cracks in Montgomery County, who the social worker actually murdered her after they adopted her. I mean, but anyway, there is a story out there and her name is Harmony Montgomery and this is in New England somewhere and they don't know where she went. She's been missing for two yep. years now. So when we think oh, about I... these incompetent, these incompetent, um, you know, child protective and adult protective service workers, mm-hmm. it's it's life or death. Where is harmony? Yes. I think that would be um, when we had. I thought of right away when I've been reading the story, Kara Watowski, who has been on this show several times, and she runs yep. the Justice for James page. And mm-hmm. I think about I think about her when I see this Harmony Montgomery story. So if anyone, you know, just Google it, Harmony Montgomery, she has not been found. She's been missing since 2019. Child Protective, or that's the last time she was seen. Child Protective Services does not know where she is. And, and Marty, when the media asks Child Protective Services for comments, they say, oh, we can't make a comment on an ongoing investigation. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Unless we can attack somebody and accuse them of stuff they didn't do. Then we can just oh, talk yeah. like somebody stuck, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So there, there, the, you know, there's the story, the up-and-coming story. But I also wanted to give people hope. This was something that recently, over the holidays, we had the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, verdict, and mm-hmm. she was found guilty. And everyone knows who she is. She's the one who was helping to um, – with Jeffrey Epstein and and all right. the political people, I mean, so the fact that someone like Ghislaine Maxwell could be found guilty in the courts of the United States of America, and the fact that she is so well connected, especially to the Clintons, who don't want her singing anything, the fact that they couldn't bribe and they couldn't kill off and they couldn't do enough to take this out of the media and now it looks like prince andrew he was so he's one of these people that was running around so his name came Mm -hmm. up he was just like basically neutered by the queen i think that was yesterday so i just Mm -hmm. want everyone to know and i i know that the otholes are listening and so this is this is a special message for the otholes if delaine maxwell goes down and she's a way bigger deal than you are you guys you guys are going down and you're listening yep. right now. And if you think you're safe, you better pay attention that back Elaine Maxwell, she went down. You guys yep. to her, <laughs> she had the goods on the, the British royal family. The assholes, yep. you don't have the goods on any British royal family. You guys are nothing. You do not have the Clinton family to protect you or the royal family to protect you. Ghislaine had all that at her fingertips. And you know what? Sometimes justice prevails in this country. I want everyone to feel encouraged by this story, and I want assholes to get nervous by this story. I really, when I heard that verdict, 
that is all I could think of. You know what, Otthold? You are yeah. not safe. Not safe. Yeah. Well, they aren't. Right. In what a, did you think of that yes. whole story? Well, what the thing what is, there were so many. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many people. Uh, Trump had been there many times. There's video of him mm-hmm. and uh, Jeffrey Epstein all over at these parties with these young girls. Oh, yeah. Um, who, oh, my God. Who all was there? I can't even think. But it was Trump and it was uh, the Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton. so many others. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Pinky. I heard like all the heads of all these banks, like all the top bank heads. And this Jeffrey yeah. Epstein. So there's, there's a um, documentary on Netflix. So I watched the documentary yeah. on him. I mean, this guy was untouchable. Yeah. He was arrogant. He was a billionaire. And his yeah. basically his business was what he was doing. It is so yep. disgusting. I think that yep. the surface has only been scratched to the disgustingness of what this is. And if this story, yep. if they can go down, I'm yep. telling you, these scumbag probate judges and guardians, you can go down. You should be nervous. Yep. You should be very nervous. Because you know what it means? The United States of America hasn't totally gone in the toilet. There's still justice can be achieved. And there's, we are looking but, forward but to this still trying to, to report more. They're still trying to flush it. You know, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we are. We've got our guests on here. And uh, uh, we've got this story. Thanks for the hog report again. And uh, we'll oh, give you your you. points. <laughs> 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 but our our guest tonight is a lady named Karen Koch, and she is there in Pennsylvania, and we've got a promo up, and on the PPJ, I have a full promo, and of course, we're limited on space here on Blog Talk, so um, there's a link you can go uh, read the whole promo there on PPJ, um, but she has done extensive work. Uh, in in the community, trying to do outreach for these people caught in these guardianships, and at issue this evening is the whereabouts of David Italiano, and he's been disappeared in the system. Nobody in all of this has ever given an excuse, a valid reason why these people are sucked into this system, isolated, hidden away from family and friends. People can't know where they are. Um, why this is done, we know why it's done, is because it, it causes severe trauma to the victim. Um, this is in that Biderman's uh, format uh, template for how to brainwash and overtake somebody and break their personality rather quickly. The first thing you do is isolate them. And, yeah. uh, of course, isolation is listed on the UN Human Rights Against Torture. And isolation is the first thing psychologically it is not a natural state. And for those of you who keep saying, well, God said this and God said that, I want you to go to the book of Revelations. The book of Revelations is the result of John of Patmos being set on an island by himself with no one to talk to, and he lost his mind. I mean, that's what happened. The man lost his mind, and he wrote down the hallucinations he was having, and people think that's prophecy or something. I don't know. But anyway, this is the first example I know of of the deleterious effect isolation has, particularly on an elderly person. When you take them out of their community, away from their family and friends, and they're not allowed to communicate on any level with them, 
they psychologically they start deteriorating and they do it rather quickly but it is necessary in order to overtake them totally and so this isn't just about stealing estates there is a sickness here that is is being evidenced by these predators that this isn't just about stealing somebody else's assets it's about the power over someone else's life and the ability to to control everything right down to the last breath they take and where they take that breath at so our guest tonight like i say is karen quote karen welcome to the show good evening marty thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you um cause it's nice to meet you both um and listening to what you have to say and yeah, you just you nailed it right there on the head. You know, the these guardians yeah. have the ability to determine where you take your last breath. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. And so that's the thing. Before we get I, rolling, like Karen. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, give our audience uh, some information about who you are, your capacity in the uh, system you work in, how they can reach you, that kind of thing. Okay, great. Yeah, like uh, Marty said, my name is Karen Koch, and I'm the advocacy coordinator at a facility we're called the we're the Roads to Freedom Center for Independent Living. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Centers for Independent Living. Um, there are over 400 of them in the United States, and in Pennsylvania we have 17. And I work for the one that's in like Homing County. Like I said, we're called Roads to Freedom. We are a federally funded bill. We receive money from Health and Human Services, ACL. And one of our core services that we are mandated to do is to assist folks to transition from long-term care facilities back into the community. Um, Centers for Independent Living has been around for the 70s, and that's what we do. We help people that have disabilities. We give them the supports, the tools, the services, show them how to navigate the system, and keep them out of long-term care. So Good for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what. um, It is one of the greatest jobs. It is the greatest job I've ever had. Um, So that's how I met David Italiano. That's um, how we we came to meet. And if folks would like to, you had mentioned about my contact information, I can be reached. Uh, my phone number is 570-327-9070, and I'm at extension 239. You can leave a voice message anytime, and it'll send me an email, and, you know, I, I won't miss that. Um, and email is K, um, kilo, kilo, let me do it this way, K, K-O-C-H. C I L N C P Center Independent Living North Central Pennsylvania C I L N C P dot org. Um, so yeah, we we get phone calls all the time from folks that you know want to get out of a nursing home, and we received a call in January of 2020 from a gentleman who at that time was 70 years old, 71 years old. And he was in a facility in Lycoming County, and he called and said, hey, I'd like to talk to somebody about nursing home transition. So we got his name and his phone number and address, and the receptionist said, look, we'll hook you up with one of our transition teams. It's no problem. We do this all the time. We never, ever, for one second, anticipated 
the horrific situation that David was experiencing. Um, and keep in mind, this is, you know, we're talking about the start of the pandemic, too, and here's a guy living in a congregate facility. So what happened essentially from the initial contact in January until March of 2020 was the staff would call the facility. We would be told, um, hang on a minute. Well, you can't talk to David. This is what we were directly told. You can't talk to David. This is a unique situation. You need to speak to the administrator. Administrator was never available. Administrator would never call back. We called them. Like I said, this goes on for several months. Um, about April of 2020, look, you know, we really need to talk to David. Um, the pandemic was going on. The facility was going into a lockdown mode. Every time you tried to reach David, the, the portable phone was dead or somebody else was using it. It wasn't charged. It was broken. There was always an excuse. So finally, six months, you couldn't go into the facility to find David. For six months, we continue calling. Finally, the administrator calls me, and she explains her name is Bobby Jo Thompson, and she was the administrator of a facility called Aristocare. That was the name of the place at that time. She explained to me that Mr. Italiano had a guardian, and that until I had a release of information signed by the guardian, she was do nothing to speak to me, and nor would she facilitate David having contact with us. So, okay, at this time, the guardian he has, is um, an agency in Williamsport. Um, Susquehanna, I believe it's Susquehanna Elder Care. I apologize. Um, the guardian's name is Jim Malie. Jim's an attorney, and we reach out to Jim, and we say, Jim, David Italiano just called us, and he's expressing interest in transitioning into the community. We would like to assist him with that. We could help him to enroll with the independent enrollment broker so he could get him home, home and community-based services. David had a home that was in Huntington County, which really struck me why he was two hours from home. You know, Huntington County is a two-hour drive from, like, Coming County. Um, and Mr. Malie is very pleased. He says, this is great. I'm thrilled to hear this. He says, I really don't know the home and community-based system, how to navigate it. So this is wonderful. He very willingly signs a release of information, which we very promptly give to Bobby Joe Thompson at the David, you know, what's going on? And David proceeds to say that he, had, he was married and he and his wife, um, there had been an incident. She was physically abusive to David. And David had had an injury to his back, to his spine. So Adult Protective Services had been contacted in Huntington County, and David had to have back surgery. He went to the Hershey Medical Center. He had back surgery, and David said he remembers coming out of the surgery, and he was given a ph the phone, and it was a woman um, from the Bedford, Fulton, Huntington counties, those three counties in Pennsylvania, from their area agency on aging. Her name was Mary Beth Swan, and she explained to David that, you know, he's recovering from surgery, so he would need to go to a rehabilitation facility. She also explained to David that because of David's condition and the abuse that he was experiencing, that they felt it was in his best interest to get him far from home to make sure that his wife did not have access to him. Um, so David is packed up, and he's shipped to Lycoming County into this facility where he knows absolutely no one. He is sent with no address book. He is sent with no identification. He is sent with nothing literally but the clothing on his back. So this is great. We've got a guardian that supports this transition. In fact, Mr. Malie actually said to us, this is in July of 2020, he says that he has very much questioned the need for David to have a guardian, said that he has also questioned 
why David is in a facility with this level of care, a skilled facility. And, you know, let me stop a second, Marty, and say everything that I am saying to you, I have documentation, I have letters, I have emails, I have faxes. So, you know, anybody who wants to call this out, I've got, you know, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Everything is very, very, very well documented. Um, so Mr. Malee contacts the judge in Huntington County. Now, Huntington County is a one-judge county, and the judge is George Zanuck. Um, prior to being appointed the judge in Huntington County, he had been the DA in Altoona. He had also served as the solicitor for the Fulton-Huntington-Bedford County Area Agency on Aging, or as we like to call them, the AAAs. Um, so... Jim Lee reaches out to Judge Zanuck, writes a letter, and requests a hearing. He says, I really think we need to reexamine this situation, you know. And in the meantime, Jim has had an independent assessment done by Dr. Frank Tulak. Dr. Tulak assesses David, and he says that he does not believe that David has any need for a guardian, that David is capable of taking care of himself. So here's a man who's, you know, got some Things are looking good. We've got this guardian that says he doesn't need this. We've got a, a doctor that says, you know, we've got a shrink who's going to say, yeah, this guy's okay. He, he should be living in the community. Everything is looking toward David leaving this facility, returning to the home. But, and that's what David's been dying for. And then what happens is David's wife passes away. Now, you have a guy who's um, already been declared incompetent by the Bedford Fulton Huntington County AAA. Did I forget that part? Yeah, he's already been declared incompetent. That's, we know this because he has this guardian. So the wife is dead. So here's a guy who's incompetent, and he's got stuff. He's got a house. He's got a couple of vehicles. He's got assets. So Judge Zanuck schedules a hearing to look at David's status in November of 2020. Um, in the meantime, David is telling us about his court-appointed guardian. His court-appointed guardian is a man named Mr. Ray Gaynor. Mr. Gaynor's office is right next door to the Huntington County Courthouse. Mr. Gaynor and Judge Zanuck and the solicitor for the AAA all golf together. You know, it's a small community. Everybody's pretty tight there. Um, Mr. Gaynor is also the go-to um, um, court-appointed attorney for the Orphan's Court there. So Dave had asked, that an advocate from my agency, that, that myself or somebody, join him in these Zoom meetings that he is having with his attorney as he prepares for this, this hearing in November. Um, the facility, I talked to the facility administrator, and she says, yep, no problem. I will hook you up with the link. As soon as we have the link, we'll give you this link, and you can join. David says, thank you very much. He's feeling a little bit better, you know, that someone can be there to help advocate for him. Um, I call Mr. Gaynor and explain that I need the link because I haven't gotten anything from the facility, and he proceeds to tell me that he does not want me there. I am not needed there, that me being present would violate his um, client privileges with David. I'm, I'm not an attorney. I'm sorry if I'm not using the correct term. I explained to him, well, you know, if you talk to David and you listen to your client, your client is saying that he would really like to have a disability rights advocate there. Um, David was denied that request. And he was told, no, that it could not happen. So David is given an iPad, and he has this meeting with his attorney. And he asks his attorney, you know, well, what, what kind of evidence are you going to submit, you know, showing that I don't need a guardian? You know, is this, is this stuff from this assessment that Dr. Tulak did on May 21st of 2021, is this going to be admitted as evidence? Um, Mr. Gaynor assures David, look, David, I'm your lawyer. It's my job to advocate for you. I'm on it. Don't worry about it. 
Well, David's starting to get a little bit concerned. Um, he would like to see his medical records. He wants to see what the facility psychologist has stated about him. He wants to know what is going to be admitted into evidence coming hearings. So we, um, we roll forward. We're in November now. Okay, now let, let me stop a second. Prior to November, I had suggested that David reach out to an organization in Pennsylvania called Disability Rights Pennsylvania. You have a disability rights office in every state. Um, they're job is to advocate for people with disabilities, assure that their rights are not violated, that their civil rights are not being violated, um, that, that their rights are recognized, the same rights that anybody else has. For quite some time, David worked with an attorney there, a man named Rich King. Um, Rich had extensive conversations with David. We had some three-way phone calls. Rich and I were in close communication with each other. Unfortunately, Rich said, yeah, this is really shady looking. I'm sorry David has guardians, but because there's a guardian, we really can't get involved. They discussed it. Their board discussed it at Disability Rights. No, we're sorry. There's a guardian. We, we don't want to get involved here. Okay, David, they, they're, not, they're not able to help you out. So, you know, you really need to understand this ombudsman, David, that there's this person and they're a neutral party and they will help advocate for you and they will assure that your rights are met. So introduce David to the ombudsman. David explains to the ombudsman, hey, I'd really, really like to have my medical records. Um, I, I need this information. I want this information. It's my right. Can I have it? The ombudsman says, yeah, she'll talk to the facility. So... We get to November, um, David's got nothing in the way of his records. He goes to this preliminary hearing. I meet him there that day in Huntington County. And it's a couple hour drive. Like I said, it's November, it's crappy weather in Pennsylvania. It's a lot of back roads. And when I get there, I wanna let my supervisor know that I've arrived safely. So I snap a photograph of the Huntington County seal in the courtroom, okay? This is critical to the story later. David's there. I'm sitting with David. I'm talking with him, the social worker from the facility, the administrator from the facility. They're sitting on the other side of the room. They're nowhere near David. They're yucking it up, talking about Thanksgiving, stuff like that. Um, David said that was the hardest part of the ride down there was listening to them talk about being with their families on Thanksgiving Day, the meals that they were planning and what they would do when he knew that he was going to be sitting in a <laughs> – a prison, essentially, where he had no rights, had no choice in anything of his life, you know, including sharing a room with three other people during the pandemic. Um, people were dropping dead at that facility. David wondered every day, you know, am I gonna, am I gonna live? They wouldn't even tell him his COVID test results. He would be tested every week, but they wouldn't tell him what the results were. So okay, we go to Gee, court many. in November. Yeah, um, yep. I'm, you know, I'm not. I, I didn't decaffeinate today. I apologize. If I need to slow my roll or you need to slow me down, please speak up, okay? No, you're doing so, just great. You really are. So oh. go ahead. Okay, so we get to – we're in court that day, and Judge Bannock is up there. And um, the guardian at that time, Mr. Malee, says – at this point, he says, I really don't think I'm the best person to be David's guardian. He says it's very clear that David's desire is to return home to Huntington County and I'm two plus hours away, and I think it would be best for David to have a guardian that was closer, someone he had better access to. So, okay, the judge says that sounds reasonable, and at that point, he appoints um, as the plenary guardian the Bedford Fulton County Area Agency on Aging. And David has been very concerned because his house, his wife is deceased, so he has no clue what's going on with his house. You know, have the pipes frozen? Have the utilities been paid? Is, you know, what's, what's going on there? 
So we we get some information on the house. We find out that there have been some squatters in the house, that there have been some drug addicts kind of hanging there. Um, We have a staff who works remotely from our office who lives in that area, who goes and takes pictures. Um, Things look pretty bad, but, David, you still got a house. So, you know, we're going to help you transition, get you on your feet. And if, David, if you need services, If you need help, you can get that help at home. You're going to get enrolled in home and community-based services, you know, and and you'll just get what you need at home. And David is just ecstatic. This is going to be awesome. Well, in November, after the judge sees all the evidence, he says, look, there's just way too much here. He says, I can't even review everything. He says, I'm going to reschedule and we will finish this hearing in January of 2021. So David's okay with that because he still hasn't gotten his medical records. And he really wants to know what evidence is going to be used against him or for him. Um, On that day, I tried to advocate for David. Excuse me, may I speak on David's behalf? David asked that I speak. No, no, you may not. Um, When I left the courtroom that day, $300 fine for contempt. And I'll tell you why they fined me. They fined me because I took a photo in the courtroom. I used a recording device. One of the staff there said that I was attempting to record the hearing, in which I explained, no, I wasn't. I said, here's what I did. I took a photo there. It was just meant to be a very quick communication to my supervisor that I arrived, that I was in the courthouse. I showed him the photo I had taken. I showed him the email that I had sent to my CEO and my immediate supervisor. I said, I can delete them. I'll be happy to do that. I deleted it. Um, They wanted to see my phone. Give us your phone. What's your password? Here, here's my password. Open it up. I got nothing to hide from you. Have at my phone. Do whatever you want. And they looked it over, and they took it out of the room for about five minutes. They came back. The bailiff gave it back to me. There was nothing there other than the photo that I said I had taken. But ha-ha, this is the first reason why my agency, the agency that is federally funded to transition people from long-term care into the community, was scarred because we're just kind of thugs and criminals. Look at that woman. My God, she was fined for contempt. All right, I pay my $300 fine. I go back home. Um, Now, keep in mind, every day, David is on the phone with me. And David and I have developed a relationship to where it's not just Monday through Friday. I check in with him on the weekends. You know, we chat about what's going on. Um, I did get one opportunity to get to the facility to see David through the plexiglass. You know, because of COVID, we couldn't have any contact. Um, And this was right before the election in 2020. And what I loved the most about my first meeting with David, he said, I need a really huge favor. He said, I don't like to ask strangers for help. He said, but here, and inside his shirt, he had his mail-in ballot for the Pennsylvania election. He said, I don't trust anybody here to take this to the post office. He says, and I don't have money for a stamp. He says, but could you help me get this to the post office? So I assured him that I would get that to the post office for him. So that charmed the hell out of me right there. Here's a guy, he's involved, he wants, you know, he wants to be a part of the community. Um, So David and I talk, like I said, we, we know what he wants. And the messed up thing about this is David is able to express and identify what he wants. I think about people who aren't verbal, who maybe can't express what their needs are, what kind of hell they endure on a regular basis. Um, about a week after I was charged with this contempt, I get a phone call in my office, and it's my supervisor. And he says, I've got the director from the Fulton, Bedford, Huntington County Area Agency on Beijing on the phone, and they're really questioning you, you know. And he starts laughing. He says, I have just been instructed to tell you never to call David again, that you are harassing David, 
that after your contacts with David, David has horrible behavioral episodes. David does not want to hear from you. Stand down. Well, I immediately laughed, and I thought, wow, they're really blowing this up. I mean, what are they covering up that they're making up these bold-faced lies? So the first thing I do is I reach out to disability rights that I say to Richard King, the lawyer that David had been working with, who, you know, the state protection and advocacy group can't do anything for David. Their stand was, we need systemic issues. We can't do this one-on-one advocacy. Well, if you can't see that this is a systemic issue, shame on you. Um, But I call Rich and I say, Rich, look. I just got this weird call saying that David doesn't want to work with us anymore. Can you please reach out to David? Please find out. Rich calls me back and documents in an email. No, David has no idea why they would say that. David still wants to work with us. Like I said, he's calling me every day. He's reaching out to me on a regular basis. So we then get notification from the facility in the form of an email, or excuse me, a fax. And this is a fax that was sent to them by the garden by Miss Swan, Mary Beth Swan, of the AAA. And if you bear with me a second, my computer closed up. Um, I want to read to you so that there is no question what was being told to our agency by David's legal guardian. Um, And again, David's still waiting for his medical records. December 1st. We reach out again to the ombudsman. Hey, David wants his medical records. He has that right, doesn't he? He can't buy a stick of gum without the permission of his guardian, but he has the right to see his own medical records. So let me, uh, like I said here, bear with me. I'm not a tech girl. I'm very sorry, Marty. Hang on one second, because like I said, I I really want to read directly from this document that was sent to the staff at the long-term care facility, and like I said, it was okay. from from his guardian, and man, God bless, God bless rural broadband. Uh, slow, 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 yeah. slow. Well, I just want to remind everybody, too, whatever Karen is telling you about her contact with these agencies and various individuals, she has documentation for every bit of it. This isn't something she's just saying with no evidence. She has got documentation for everything. So keep that in mind as you're listening to this. Yeah. You know, folks that, that have never, you know, there might be folks out there that think, well, this is ridiculous. This is impossible. This can't happen. Um, I encourage uh-huh. folks. Now, I realize it was a movie, but if anybody's ever heard of the movie I Care A Lot, the Netflix special oh, from 2020, yeah. this yeah. is exactly, exactly, exactly what we're talking about. And yes. it is just absolutely pathetic. Pathetic. Okay. First, let, let me take a second here, Marty. First, I would like okay. to read to you um, what we got from his attorney, from Mr. Gaynor. Okay. Okay. This is a letter that Mr. Gaynor okay. sent to David. This letter is dated um, November 5th, 2020. And if David didn't want contact with us, why would I have this letter? David smuggled right. this letter out to us through a source that we had in the facility. And it says, please be advised that on the 3rd of November that my supervisor, Mr. Dion, called, called Mr. Gaynor and wanted to have a conversation. 
um, and wanted to be involved in your advocacy. Exact quote, allowing a third party to participate immediately removes these inalienable protections in our relationship. This is why I have advised against this, and we have previously discussed that having a third party participate, it's, it's not good. Nevertheless, oh. Ms. Dion seems to take an issue with this, is what the lawyer says. And she explained to him, you know, who she was, what a sill was, so on and so forth. And David is advised that this is what his attorney tells him. I don't know who Roads to Freedom is. I do not know the people who work there. I do know you, and you know me. I am your attorney, and I will advocate for you as I have done at all other times. With that said, I do not believe it is appropriate that Roads to Freedom insert themselves in our lawyer-client relationship. As best as I can tell you, you are doing much better. Now, they, this is an acknowledgment that David's doing better. And David, is you're doing much better than you were in the beginning of this case. And the current evaluation that I have indicates that you no longer need a guardian. Based on these circumstances, I believe that it is inappropriate to have a third party intervene in our lawyer-client relationship. Thank you for no. your attention to this so right here, you know, you're doing better. You don't need a guardian. Okay, let me get back here. This this is what I call my ugly file. These are all uh-huh. the letters, all the communication that we have had with them. And again, bear with me. I'm terribly, terribly sorry. Okay, yes, here's the little gem I'm looking for. Now, this was an email that was sent to the facility, to Aristocare, from Mary Beth Swan, her title is Care Manager, Protective Services Supervisor at the AAA. And this letter says, this fax says, to whom it may concern, today Judge George Zanuck, President Judge of the Huntington County, Pennsylvania Court, transferred guardianship of Mr. David I. Italiano from Mr. James Malee to the Huntington Bedford Fulton Area Area Agency on Aging. This agency was named guardian of his person and his estate. To that end, Mr. Italiano remains an incapacitated person, and he is legally unable to provide consent consent of any kind to any person or entity. All consents and releases, including HIPAA, are to be signed by a representative of this agency. We will gladly sign releases for embassy with, they were having an ownership change there. Um, We prohibit contact of any kind by the Center for Independent Living slash Roads to Freedom, including verbal, electronic, written, direct, and indirect contact. This includes attempts by this entity to reach Mr. Italiano through secondary sources. They got wise to our people on the inside. Um, Our agency is transferring all services that were pending or provided by this entity. Feel free to refer them to Mr. Ray Gaynor, Esquire, if they have any questions about this decision. So, mm-hmm. this did not set well, especially when you take into consideration a couple of things about the Huntington, Fulton, Bradford, about the AAA. There is a conflict of interest that is bigger than the state of Texas going on here. Okay, at this point in David's life, they are his representative payee. They are his guardian. They are controlling his, his estate. They are determining where he lives. If he has a grievance and he wants to call Adult Protective Services, guess who the Adult Protective Services agency provider is? 
It is the AAA. It is this evil wheel that just spins and spins, and, and no matter where David tries to get off, it all comes back to the AAA. So I tell this story. We tell this story to people, and people start saying, well, you've got to reach out to the Pennsylvania Office of Civil Rights. Well, we did that. And they basically said, well, you don't have a signed release from this person, so we can't do anything. And we explained, well, we don't have a signed release from this person because we physically cannot access this person, and his guardian prohibits this. But, you know, if you call him, he'll verbally tell you, well, we can't call him without a signed release. We reach out to the state long-term care ombudsman in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, a woman named Margaret Barajas. Um, Margaret works for the... Like I said, Department of Aging, she is under um, Secretary Robert Torres. He is her immediate supervisor. So we say to Margaret, Margaret, look, we got issues. David's trying to get his medical records. We need help. What's going on is wrong. You know, let's look at the Olmstead decision. Let's look at the fact that David has a right to receive services in the community. Let's look at money follows the person. Let's look at what David wants. And at one point, David was so frustrated, he actually said to me, I don't care if I need a guardian. I just want to get out of here. I'll live in my own house, and they can be my guardian. I just want to get out of here. He made it very clear how unhappy, how health was being threatened every day in this facility. Depression was kicking his ass. He was suspicious about meds. He, was, he would count the number of pills in his cup. And every, there were days when he was like, there were six more pills than there should have been. And I ask them what it is, and they tell me, oh, it's, you know, your doctor wants you to have this. Or, um, well, someone said that you had a headache, so I put some Tylenol in there or whatever. You know, David was very aware of his surroundings, very aware of his environment. We reach out to um, the ombudsman says, look, there's a guardian. Things are being handled. We really, you know, there's nothing we can do. So we ask to speak to Ms. Baraha's supervisor, like I said, um, Secretary um, of Aging Robert Torres. Mr. Torres met with us. We expressed to him our concerns. He assured us that he, a man who was a guardian himself, there are issues with the system, but that not all guardianship is bad. And he uh-huh. really can't he, yeah, he really can't look at like case specific stuff. When we said, okay, David Italiano, and we started telling him some concerns, not, he says, I, I, I don't like that level of detail. We can look at this as a system thing. So, okay, we said we would like to know how many AAAs in Pennsylvania are serving as guardians for people. We would like to know if the federal funding that these AAAs are receiving from Health and Human Services, from ACL, from you know, community living dollars, monies that are given to these agencies to help reverse guardianships, to support people living in inclusive communities, that's what this funding is for. Is Health and Human Services okay with you guys using this kind of funding to create guardianship? Um, we were assured this is not happening often. This is very rare that this occurs. So we reached out to the Pennsylvania Council on Independent Living. And, Marty, I believe I had shared with you this week via email the letter yes. the Pennsylvania Council on Independent Living yep, sent to Secretary Torres. So how many AAAs are acting as guardians? Well, we were told that there are 10. Now, that's okay. There's 10. But keep in mind, that's 10 too many, and that of these 10, many of them are multi-counties. You know, 
the one David's with is three counties. Up here, you've got two counties. So you're potentially looking at half of the state has these agencies there to assist people that are doing nothing but abducting people. And for absolutely no reason, one of the things we found out is that when David in the facility, he wasn't even going by the name David Italiano. They had assigned him an alias. And this was all, remember, all of this happened to keep him safe from his wife. Well, his wife wait a minute, that. wait a minute, wait a minute. They gave him an alias name? When David was in the facility, when he arrived at Aristocare in Loyal Sock Township in Lycoming County, David was given a fake name because they didn't want his abusive wife. Remember, we're all doing this in the name of David's safety. We're looking out for David uh, when we're doing this. Oh, I see. He was given a fake name. I'm sure it freaked the facility out when we called and said, we're looking for David Italiano. Well, how did we know his name? Because he called us first. Because he yeah. wanted our help. So <laughs> during this time, one of our goals is to get a cell phone to David. David had one when he was living in the community. Like I said, he showed up at the place with nothing, nothing on his back. Um, Oh, yeah, and by the way, that letter that we sent from the Pennsylvania Council for Independent Living to the Department of Aging and to Secretary Torres, um, one of the other requests we had was please help us set up a care plan meeting with David, facilitate a meeting with the guardian and with David. You know, we want to see David, habeas corpus, Give us David. Put him in front of us. We want to see David. The Area Agency on Aging, Secretary Robert Torres, would not do that. We oh. were told basically that things are being handled. Now we questioned, well, what does that mean? How are they being handled? You know, who's handling it and what are they doing to help David get his rights back? Um, and we also, at this point, are kind of suspicious that David might be NFI, not really financially eligible to be in this level of care, of you know, a skilled facility, and that there could actually be some Medicaid fraud occurring in the Commonwealth. So okay. we, yeah, geez, yeah. never heard of fraud involving people's rights and things like that in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, like no. talk oh. about the kids for cash yeah. scandal that had gone on there back yeah. in 2008. So, okay, yeah. David, still, David still needs a phone. So through, um, it's a program called TechAL, through Temple University in Pencil, it's the Assistive Technology Outreach Program. And my agency happens to serve Roads to Freedom as an Assistive Technology Resource Center. And one of the goals is to get assistive technology into the hands of folks who help with isolation. So we talked to David. David, would you like to have a cell phone again? David is ecstatic. He would love to have a cell phone. He sees all the staff and nurses with their phones. So we, we do a loan through our facility to get David this um, iPhone. And in December of 2020, one of our staff calls from an undisclosed number anyway, calls and says, um, gee, I'm trying to get a Christmas package into my Uncle David, and we're not allowed to come in the facility, so how can I get this to him? And they say, oh, no problem. Just drop it off at the front door. So my supervisor, Jay, goes out, he gets his phone, he takes it to the facility, he drives up to the facility first, gets close enough, Um, our person on the inside has given us the Wi-Fi password, so now we've got the Wi-Fi link, so David's got a live phone, he's got access to the internet, he can get in touch with his attorney, he can do stuff. David is in his room, 
and Jay is talking to him, and Jay's, he's got David to where they've actually exchanged a couple texts now. They've called each other mm. back and forth. Jay says, I'm going to send you a text. David's out of his mind. He's got technology. He's got a lifeline. He can reach people. The social worker walks into David's room, and David is on this phone, and David says to Jay, oh, Alicia Steiger, my social worker from the facility here, just came into the room. And David's having a hard time closing the app. His first phone wasn't a smartphone. So he's having a hard time closing the app. So he says, hey, can you help me? Can you show me how to do this? Alicia takes this phone, and she sees that it's through our loaner library and says, oh, this is from Roads to Freedom Center for Independent Living. What else did they give you? And David says, this is all they gave me. It's my Christmas present. They took David's phone. Miss Steiger took it to Bobby Joe Thompson, the administrator at the facility. And we received a call from Miss Thompson telling us that David is to have no contact from us, that they have already told us this, and that we need to pay attention and respect her authority. And that if we have any issues with this, that we should reach out to the guardian. Huh. Uh. So we decided that the only thing we could do is try again to get David a phone. That's the only resource we had. Oh, meanwhile, did I mention that David's hearing has come and gone, his January full hearing now? You know, the judge in November needed more time to look at all the evidence. Yeah. So um, yeah. in January yep, of this year, they have the hearing. David's forced to attend it by Zoom with no one there to support him, no one there to help him, to help advocate for him. Um, and guess what? David is still incompetent. What? David's still in contact, really? they said, and now we're going to have to take control of all of your assets and your funds, David, and we're going to have to liquidate um, the property. Yeah. So here you have it. By the way, the ombudsman did finally get David his medical records, but they didn't get him to him until about three weeks after his hearing. Oh. So, um, on the 20th of February, I'm going, to, I'm going to get to the meat of it, Marty. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here. The 20th of February right. of this year. We we take it. We have another person um, with a grassroots advocacy group. The group is called Adapt. We have a person go out to the facility, older gentleman, and say, "Hey, man, a friend of mine's here. I just want to give him this belated Christmas gift." And we try to get him the second phone. This time they're watching us. They call the Pennsylvania State Police. Pennsylvania State oh. Police comes to the facility. Yes. Um, my supervisor, Misty Dion, is directed by the state police at this facility. Says you're trespassing. You're being told get out of here. Misty is trying to explain to the officer, hey, this is why I'm here. This is what's going on. There's a man in there who wants our help, who they are refusing to allow him. You know, he has no rights. He's got this guardian. This guardian refuses him to have any access to anybody. Um, And the police says, sorry, man, there's a guardian. There's really nothing we can do. And Misty's asked to leave the facility. So... In May of last year, of this past year, in May of 2021, Misty, myself, a few other advocates, we decided we'll take a ride over to Huntington Valley, over to see David, to go to the AAA. We went to the AAA, and we went in, and we introduced ourselves, and we said, look, we get it. You're in control. You've got the power. You're David's guardian. We totally get that. We understand. But get him on the phone. We want to hear him. Nobody has heard from David since the 20th of February. I still have on my voicemail the call from David that Saturday. That's the Saturday that the cops told Misty to get out of there. David kind of giggling, saying, oh, man, we got busted again. Um, I tried to call David back that evening, 
and nobody answered David's phone. Now, this is a phone that's in a room with several other people, and I just found it really weird that nobody answered because if David didn't answer, typically one of his roommates did. I called David on the 21st that Sunday, no answer. I called David that Monday, the 22nd of February, 2021, still no answer in David's room. One of the other residents at the facility is one of our consumers that was transitioning that we were helping leave the facility. She mentions the staff, man, you guys are good. Staff's like, what are you talking about? She says, well, you got David out of here. We, that was fast. We're like, what? Oh, yeah, David left on Monday. They packed him up and took him out. He was heading somewhere else. They wouldn't tell anybody where he went. Oh, geez. So, yeah. So in May, like I say, we're 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 pissed. We've had no contact with David since the twentieth of February. Nothing whatsoever. We go to Huntington County. Let us talk to David. Just get him on the phone. Call him. Put him on a speaker phone. No, we won't. Can you just explain to us why you won't? Why you won't allow us? The man is asking for our help. No, we won't. Well, we didn't take no for an answer very well. We got kind of loud. We made some demands, and they called the police on us. The police came in. The Huntington, the the local cops came in, came around the corner from the, the, the cop shop there, came in. Hey, what are you doing here? We explained to them what was going on. One of the officers was a little bit empathetic. He says, we asked him. Just ask them to call. You listen to David's voice. You tell David that people haven't forgotten him, that we're still working to help him get out of this facility and get his rights back. They looked at the cops and said, "Mm, no, they wouldn't. What was it going to hurt? Why? You couldn't just reach out. Okay. We leave then. We get some hate mail from the Huntington, from the AAA saying, if you ever come onto our property again, you will be arrested. You'll be considered trespassing. You're not welcome pretty much in Huntington County. And then I get a letter in the mail from the county telling me I'm being charged a second time. Remember that photo I took back in November that I was charged with contempt for? Yes. I'm being charged again now for using an illegal recording device in the courtroom. Um, So I'm feeling a little retaliation. So here we are now. Um, We've reached out again to make a complaint to Health and Human Services to the Office of Civil Rights, the Center for Independent Living in Philadelphia, Liberty Resources. Um, Their CEO is also a civil rights attorney, Tom Earl. Tom has filed these um, complaints again and told, hey, we need to get a release. And so we're we're seeing what we can do. But that's that's the status right now, that here's a 72-year-old man He's got high blood pressure, a couple minor things. His health conditions are no worse than hundreds of thousands of other guys his age that are walking around in the community, drinking coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, visiting with their grandkids, and living in the community. But David can't because David is a little cash cow. And by the way, Uh this AAA that I'm talking about, they are a for-profit agency. They are not a not-nonprofit. Yeah. They are a for-profit agency. I've heard people say, oh, those AAAs, my God, they're wonderful. They advertise on TV and here in Pennsylvania all the time. You'll see the commercials. Um, are you a senior who wants to work? Reach out to the Area Agency on Aging. That's how they kind of get people in. Yes. And then when yes. they, they get your foot through the door. The other one they, they're pushing, you know, um, does grandma need a little help around the house? Do you know someone that's a senior or disability, has a disability that could benefit from some help around the house? Reach out to us. And that's how they yeah. find people. They yes. find yes. people under the premise that we're here to help you. 
but what they're yes. helping is themselves to everything you've worked your life for. And that you yes. people that come out of nursing homes that are 75 years old, that it's like they're 18 and they're starting over with their first apartment because they have nothing. Everything has been taken, yeah. all of their assets sold. Because yep. the guardian's got to get paid. And Mark, sorry, I need to, I need to wet my whistle here. I got to get my bottle of water. Okay. Thank well, you for I have, uh, yes. I, uh, you know, in all of this, I keep hearing how they have to have a signed release from David. But since he's been guardianized and stripped of all of his rights, he can't sign anything. He's lost legal capacity. So Thank he has you. no that's, that's... power to to right. sign and anything that's... and release anything. Yeah, go exactly ahead. Exactly that. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that's one of the things that we tried to make them understand at the Office of Civil Rights. Well, you know, you can't get, like you said, or, you know, we don't have access to him. And even if we did, his signature is squat. It is no more than it, bird shit on a park bench. That's the value that's of his right. signature right now. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll say again, you know, the people that think that, you know, we're talking crazy. When they declare you guardianized, you you cease to exist in the law. You suffer a civil death. You lose it, legal I, agency. You, and that is the right to your own name. And to operate as the living human being, say Bob Doe, um, <clears throat> you you lose that, and you lose legal capacity, and your right to sign any contract, agreement, any document of any kind is taken from you. Um, you have no legal agency, but they don't tell you this. So for these, all of these attorneys and these civil rights offices, and if, well, we have to have a. If he's under guardianship, he can't sign anything. So, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry, ahead. Marty. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. One of, the big, one of the biggest problems is that there are so many. If somebody needs support, if somebody needs a little bit of help maybe making decisions, there are less invasive ways to support a person without stripping them yeah. of their dignity and every right that they have. Look at supportive decision-making. Maybe have a power of attorney or something. Um, but to take a person... And just remove, like you said, they they don't exist. They truly do not exist. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm looking at this document that you can go online and anybody can find. And I had emailed it to you, Marnie. Um, it is from casetext.com. And if you go in and you Google David Italiano, this will pop up, and it's all the case, case details. It's a document that was dated November 1st of 2021. It names every player in the game, and there's also some really questionable things in here that, um, like I said, I can go on for days. I really encourage folks to look at this and understand what we're talking about. Yeah. We can maybe even get Mr. Shenanigans to post it up at Shenanigans at Montgomery County Courthouse. Yeah. There's one thing that really, like, this has been, an, like, an unreal story. This is, but, I, I'm, I, of course, it's all true because it's Pennsylvania, but it's, like, this is earth-shattering. But one thing that stuck mm-hmm. out to me is that they found you in contempt of court. This seems mm-hmm. to be, and Marty and I know of some other instances that happened uh, last year, and we, I'm thinking, Marty, this could be a whole other panel at the Whistleblower Summit, because they're holding whistleblowers in contempt of court. 
Yes. And I would have to say Marcel will have a problem with that because the different, and this isn't just in Pennsylvania that we are hearing, and they all like to do it on December 15th. It seems to be it seems to be a pattern that we hold whistleblowers in contempt of court because people are they don't want people talking about the crimes that they are committing as in they the court. So they hold right. people in contempt to shut them up. This is the fact that you why, just said it. This is the new thing in their playbook that's coming why out. Can't we, why can't we hold these judges or these hearing examiners or ministerial clerks, whatever capacity they're operating under, why can't they hold them in contempt of the public? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There right. you go. Yeah. I, I mean, it. it's just – it seems to be the new theme. It seems to be their new little tool in their toolbox yeah. that they've been pulling out because we heard, we weren't hearing this being done, you know, five years ago and this past year, especially in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, we have several stories. We had Elaine Mickman on here talking about hers. Yeah. She doesn't care if you know okay. her name. Um, yep, yep, I mean, this seems to be, do you know Elaine? I am. Um, fami- yeah. I don't know her personally, but I am familiar with the situation. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's it just seems to be their new thing, holding everyone in contempt yeah. of court. You're in, you're being held in contempt of court because you are trying to expose their racketeering, which is a felony. Racketeering yes. is a felony. <laughs> right. And you're trying to expose and, it. So instead, they hold you in contempt of court. So basically, that you can't tattle on them. Yeah. Well, I, this is huge. When yeah. I pointed out I, that, you know, okay, you want to you wanna charge me again? You know, how many times can I be charged for this one offense? First, it was contempt uh-huh, yeah. for taking the photo. Then it's, the second charges were for using an illegal recording device in a courtroom. That was my second charge. And, of course, mm-hmm. I'm going before Judge Zanuck again, the same man who was the solicitor for the AAA and then became the only judge in the county. And I looked at the man and I said, Sir, you know, I respect your legal knowledge, and I'm pretty sure that you're probably aware that it is a federal crime to to retaliate against an advocate who is advocating for a person with a disability. The ADA protects that right, that I as an advocate have a right to advocate and not be retaliated against. And that is exactly what they were doing. Like you said, trying to make my life as uncomfortable as hell. The day day that I had to drive another two and a half hours back to Huntington County for my fingerprinting, because, yes, was I guilty? Damn it. Yes, I did. I took a photo in the courtroom. All I could think of was Arlo Guthrie in Alice's Restaurant. What are you in for? Kid, I'm in because I took a photo of Huntington Mm -hmm. County seal. Um, But when Mm -hmm. I drove over there that day to be fingerprinted, it was a rainy day. I pull up to the back. I'm told the loading dock area, press the buzzer. There is no overhang or anything there. My car had to be parked in a designated area, like quite a jaunt away. It's sleet, it's rain, it's shit for weather. And they let me stand out there for like 12 minutes. And there's a little thing there that says, you know, you're being recorded. Yeah, okay, so whatever. I just kind of stood there. But, but the, anything to make anybody's life hell who dare interfere right. in their little cash system. Mm-hmm. You know, how many, how wow. many other individuals for that, for that area, for those three triple A's, how many other individuals have lost their homes, their rights, everything that they ever had? Mm-hmm. You know, David looked at me and he said, what will happen with like my personal things, like my, my photos? 
What's going to happen with my pictures of my mom and dad? What's going to happen with the only photo I ever had of my grandfather? Um, they're going to go sorry, into garbage. Mom. Yep. They're you want to know what their story? What was it? It was Carol Hershey. So this was Chester County. There was um, Carol Hershey had guardianized a woman. And we had him. It was it wasn't his name, Jay Marty. And yeah. when she was ransacking the house, she dumped the urn of his father's ashes just out. Yes. That's what yep. these guardians do. Yeah, and he has yep. the pictures of his ransacked house and the gar- and the urn, the empty urn. They just she just unearthed it. I mean, and that's just to be mean. You're going to empty the urn all over the stuff after you threw it all over the floor, and then you empty the yeah. urn and and just don't, like how disgusting is that? And how hateful and mean spirited because you were guardian, yep. you guardianized his mother and he was fighting back so you went and ransacked the house emptied the urn of his father yeah. all over the house I, I just at times like that karma that's all i can think karma yeah. you know locally even in like Cormon county you know we wanted to do a little awareness reached out to the da and said hey can you talk, you know, let's talk about guardianship and let's talk about why nobody wants to use anything less restrictive. Let's get recognized in Pennsylvania, assistive decision-making and things of that. You, you couldn't mm-hmm. even get an appointment to talk to them about it. Nobody wants to hear no, it. Uh, the guardianship no. system is so broken. It is just an oh, absolute absolutely. joke. You know, I was, now, I was sent an Bill- article. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, um, it is my understanding that this, the state of Pennsylvania, a third of the population are senior citizens. Is that still the state? Is that still the case? That could I've, very well be. It's a we've got a yes. There's a very high percentage of older folks living in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. The intellectual, the population with intellectual disabilities in Pennsylvania. I just recently was like sixteen. I'm trying to think what region, but we were talking about what are the odds of more guardianship. This was in a conversation with Disability Rights Pennsylvania when we were, again, pleading with them. They had initially I told you that Rich King had worked with David and they wouldn't take his case. Well, then when we lost touch with David, we, all right, we don't really, there's nothing DRP is going to do anyway. And we had heard about some staffing changes there. So we went back to them and said, okay. Now let's talk systems advocacy. We've not heard from this man. The man that called me every day for over a year has not contacted me. And um, no, man, there's nothing we can do. We really can't help you. Yeah. he. Him, wow. I mean, the thing is, when you think of the Harmony Montgomery story, yes, she's a little girl, but it's the same thing. Where is he? Where did he go? Where Where is this little girl, Harmony Montgomery? Like when the state is supposed to be watching over all these people, where did they go? We're, we're missing. How about it? What scares yeah. me in all of this is the number of people willing to participate in these things and to make sure yeah. that um, they run without interference. I mean, what kind of low life makes their living on any level preying on other people, knowing that they are causing misery and suffering? Uh, that theft is occurring, that abuses are occurring of all kinds. What kind of low life does this for a living? And why aren't these people singled out and cloistered somewhere where they can't harm others? That's what I want to know. 
Why are these people allowed to run loose? Yeah. Because obviously they're deficit. There's something wrong. They're damaged. Why aren't they guardianized? Money. Yeah, well, the thing that I think is that it's all about money and power, and someone's getting paid off, and their morals are have been thrown out the window because they only want money. It's, you know, but we got to yeah. figure out, like, you know, the government need, or what is the, an investigator needs to go in and forensic account figure out where is all this money going. We, how, yeah. how, it's somehow it's getting in that judge's pocket, but how? Well, they I, get I a percentage. They get but, a percentage yeah, you know of the, the the value of the estate. Every time a motion is brought in front of them, they get a percentage of the value of the estate paid by the estate. So they let these predators roll in there and time after time after time and it's a done deal it's all agreed to before anybody steps foot in that tribunal it's all ready settled and done and but that that you can hear the cash register sing is uh, ringing you've got the guardian who's making money is in what is clearly fraud you have the judge collecting a fee just simply yeah. for listening to them and who's paying the bill on everything the victim Right. The, oh, you also have system. Yeah. You have the court-appointed attorney. Then you have the guardian attorney. Uh, Harvey had he paid eight attorneys at his guardianship. I'm like, whoa. O.J. Simpson didn't have that many attorneys, but a guardianship where everyone's you know feasting on the estate. We got to have that yeah. many attorneys sitting in a room. Eight. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. I mean, yeah, and they're all feasting. I think that case cost him $300,000 in attorney fees to kick his she family off hearing about him. Yeah. Oh, that's in Montgomery County, Otholes. I have the court documents to prove what I just said. Otholes who are listening in. You know, I just want to also let you know, those Otholes are listening and they just heard everything that you said and they are probably very upset that we've met. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and we we really we really care too, Karen. I mean, we, it concerns us that those jerks are listening. Uh, it scares <laughs> us to death. It really does. Who could not be You know? Yeah, I'm just scared. I, I was I was wor- I was talking with another woman the other day. Um, this is a situation where this particular lady she had been beaten. She was living in the community. She was completely independent. She was attacked, she was beaten, she ended up in a coma. While she was in a comatose state, she was appointed a guardian. Now, this woman who for 60 years of her life lived independently comes out of a coma six months later and got squat. Nothing. Oh, wow. Nothing left. And when I called her guardian to say, hey, Joanne would like to work with me and I want to introduce myself and I'd like to talk to you. The guardian, this is why the guardian said this woman needs to, this is why this woman has the guardian has to stay in place. Because she explained to me that she had recently gone with this person, Joanne, to have a mammogram done. And when Joanne came uh-huh. out from having her mammogram done, there's like 15 cubicles in the hallway where you hang your shirt and everything like that. And they all look the same and they all have a little gray curtain. That Joanne opened up the curtain on the wrong mammogram and was going into the wrong curtain and like almost put on somebody else's shirt. And I looked at them oh. and I said, you know what? The other day I came out of the grocery store and there was a green Toyota sitting there that looked like mine. And I opened <laughs> up the door. Holy shit, I need yes. a coffee and I shouldn't walk there walking around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 
I've done that very thing. Yes. Yeah, I've lost my car in the parking lot. Where did I park? Oh, my gosh. Yep. We're, we're, we just all, like, self-convicted ourselves. They're going to come for yeah, us yeah, now. Yes. Can I oh read my you gosh. a little piece of this report that was done by psychologist Frank Tulak? Okay, now this is the sure. psychologist that I'm, I'm going to use this expression loosely, the good guardian. No, when Mr. Malie, who was very supportive of David going home, um, this is the, mm-hmm. the, the consultant that he had. And the exact words are, um, an evaluation was completed by, by psychologist Frank Tulak. Um, it concluded that none of the standardized tests, standardized tests completed on the appellate on May 18, 2020, indicates any cognitive impairment. Straight mm-hmm. up, direct, yes. <clears throat> now, I will note, and this is again, this is all in that document, that case text stuff that I sent you. I'm reading directly from that. Um, okay. There is a little asterisk here that says, while this letter is in the certified record on appeal, it was not entered on the trial's court docket. So we're trying to, like, lose this letter? We're not using this letter that says that this guy doesn't need a guardian? Really? Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't go with their plan. Uh Yeah, one of these things doesn't fit into the big vicious wheel. It's so obvious that they are a criminal enterprise running their rackets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is just, like I say, anybody out there that has any information about the whereabouts of David Italiano, and he may have been uh, secreted somewhere out of state. So in surrounding states, um, if you you have any knowledge of this, yeah. And um, uh, hopefully somebody will come up with something. Usually our audience is pretty good about ferreting things out for us. And um, Mm -hmm. so just keep this in mind, everybody, if you have any information at all that would help us locate David Italiano, we'd appreciate it. And um, this is just, this is probably Mm -hmm. one of the most perverse cases. What did this man have that was so important that they felt it necessary to do this to him? How about it? A senior citizen, a man who had worked hard all of his life, a blue-collar worker who had a very small, humble little wood frame house in the community that he had lived in for decades, um, had a, a Chevy Suburban that was like 25 years old. What oh, my God. Standard but that's, yeah. but that's, what, I mean, that's what they were willing to take. Imagine if he had, wow. you know, like a mansion. Ooh. They could really, yeah, no kidding. It's, it's, no kidding. It's just disgusting. Disgusting. Um, yeah, yeah so I don't have it. Like, yeah, um, and you know all of these agencies and like this, um, you know, uh, the organization you work for and everything. A lot of people are not aware that these organizations are even out there, and that they they are there to help you and. How do they, do they have a position on supported decision-making? Do you know? Um, The the National Council for Independent Living, um, also referred to as NICL. NICL is very, very, yes, supported decision-making is what we need to do. Pennsylvania does not recognize it. I believe that there are like six or seven states 
that now recognize uh-huh. it. I, I could be mistaken, but it's nobody wants to look at anything other than guardianship. You got these judges yeah. that are just sitting there striking with that gavel. Bring it down, bring it down. And you know, the yeah. day that I said, um, could I could I speak on David's behalf? No. It, wow. How, how can you? There's a man sitting there. He's a human being. The dude's alive. He's right in your courtroom. He's looking at you. And you're not mm-hmm. going to allow him to have anybody. He was too afraid to even try and speak himself. I told him, I yeah. said, David, you. And his attorney looked around, and I can address this, David. Yeah. Just yes, evil, yes. evil, horrible people who, like you said, they are predators, just circling yes. and waiting and waiting. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's two things here. Like I said before, this all happened, quote unquote, because they were protecting him from his wife. Once again, Lori's dead. Yeah. Who's yeah. protecting him from now? The other thing is David's needs, his his independence did not decrease while he was at that facility. He was making progress, as his own attorney even indicated. And it might look like further down the road, you're not going to need to have a guardian. Well, you know, all that was when his wife was still alive, and they didn't know how easily it was going to be to take David's stuff. But the only thing that changed, what changed, was the guardian. That's when it all went to hell. David's needs didn't change. If anything, he was more independent. He was more cognizant. Um, can't even understand how this is allowed to happen. How this is how the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania can allow a system that the Department of Aging will not intervene, that the Office of Civil Rights doesn't see this as a violation. And like you said, let's talk about a systems issue. When somebody's signature isn't worth a damn, you can't get a release anyway. So, so where do we go from here? What do we do? To give people dignity and to allow them to well, the own their rights. The thing is, Karen, they knew when they were telling you that they needed him to sign this release, that even if the next move would be, well, this is invalid because he's under a guardianship, he can't sign anything. So this was a cat and mouse game. And that these yeah. are agencies that are being funded, either federally or through the state, to participate in this. This it signals to me they ought to just be shut down. They're worthless. You know, one of the things that we talked to the Department of Aging about was, you know what, when you guys are putting out these bids each year for the Adult Protective Services, maybe instead of just kind of giving them to the AAAs. Now, there are a couple of AAAs who, hey, we're not going to do it, and somebody else acts as the ombudsman. Somebody else acts as the protective services entity. So we said, you know what would be really kind of cool? If you took an agency like a SIL that's nonprofit, that is founded on advocacy, that is in the community to assist people, let us play that role of ombudsman. Let us go into these long-term care facilities where people are being shoved, where people are being just warehoused and forgotten so that all their stuff can be sold and somebody else can go out and golf and, you know, have a really good life, spend Thanksgiving with their family, you know, where somebody gets to go home every night versus David who's stuck in a room with, you know, um, just deplorable, absolutely deplorable, deplorable. You know, you see the SPCA advertising on TV, or the abuse that goes on with animals. 
Um, maybe that's what we need to start doing is going and taking a collection of, you know, I've got some pretty ugly videos that people that lived in nursing homes had shared with me. Um, one guy that we transitioned out of a nursing home, the staff thought he was asleep in his bed, and he didn't. they didn't know it that he had a nanny cam. His family member, like, gave him this I love you teddy bear that was a nanny cam. So while oh. uh, Justin was sleeping, this staff person comes into his room. His food tray is sitting on the, the table bench, you know, the bed bench that goes across your bed. He's asleep. The cover is still on his food tray. The staff lifts up the cover takes a piece of food with her fingers during the pandemic, reaches onto his plate, pops a piece of whatever it was, like a chicken nugget or some shit, (laughs) puts the lid back on, and then proceeds to get whatever she needed out of his room, his urinal or whatever, and leaves. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to start taking a collection of videos Uh that were taken inside these institutions where people are forced to live because – that's how guardians get rich. Mm-hmm. Put those out there. Like I said, I support the SPCA. By no means am I saying it's not a good thing. But that's maybe what we need to do to make people aware of what happens. And God forbid, like I said, I, I'm afraid to give people referrals to area agencies on aging anymore. I'm afraid to yeah. have them reach out and make connections. Because what's going to yeah. happen? Ching, put their photo yeah. on the cork board. Here's our future. Yeah. Yep. You know, something you said about, like, animals, and I'm I'm a big animal advocate. I truly am. I helped start one of the biggest shows on the net about animals and animal abuse. But what infuriates me is we'll put out an article about what has happened to a senior in this system and the predatory nature of it, the isolation, the mental torture, the whole nine yards. And for all intents and purposes, it sits there. You put up one for a dog that needs adoption, there'll be hundreds of people liking and sharing it. And I think what is, what, what is wrong with this, you know, um, it, it just, and I say I'm an animal advocate, but I just don't see this. How how can you be that nonchalant about the elderly and what's happening? People have this strange idea in their head that, well, it's not going to happen to me. <laughs> you just think it's not going to happen to you. Um, you know, you just think, um, and that's, you know, that that's the thing too, Karen, about these guardians and the judges who participate in this and the people from APS and on down the line, what makes you think this isn't going to happen to you and these guardians that have amassed so much money stealing somebody else's estate, you're making yourself a target. You're gathering together the very thing you hunted which was somebody else's goods and assets, and now you're worth quite a bit thanks to that, now somebody's going to decide that uh, you need a guardian, and they're going to dispossess you. And I, it can't happen too fast, if you ask me. My personal thought, and I mean this sincerely, I think these people should be rounded up and sequestered somewhere, like in one of these FEMA camps they're building, because they are not fit for normal society. They should not be out here running loose. They are predators of the worst kind. They have no integrity, no character, no empathy, no compassion, no sympathy. They are simply predators, and they need to be kept away from the rest of the population for all of our safety. And they can prey on each other in there. You know, they can have a ball, knock yourself out. And I truly believe that. I think these people ought to be 
sequestered somewhere where the rest of us are safe from them. I truly do. Yeah. I, I have in front of me it's a handwritten letter dated February fifteenth of twenty twenty one at two forty five PM and this was a letter that David was able to get out to us through one Karen, of our Karen Karen, yeah. do you have something operating in the background? I do not. Yeah, if somebody out I here I, I got something. It. I'm getting a lot of feedback. And it's yeah, like something I, running I in the background well, like a Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm, okay, I'm in the same ahead. location. Haven't, okay. And so this is this yeah, letter that David wrote. Um, we we were we had facilitated a call, a phone call with David and um, Josh Shapiro from NPR, National Public Radio, and we had asked David, you know, David, can you put down some of your experiences that you've had? And he, he's shared this letter talking about how they've taken my phone. Um, it was taken by, it was taken from me by the social worker, Alicia Steiger. Um, she took it from me and then she began to look around my room for more and more and what else. And then she left the room. I waited for her to go down the hall and I watched her. So she, so I watched her and I could follow her without her knowing it. She went into the office of the chief administrator, Bobby Joe Solomon. I peeked in through the window outside the office in the hallway and saw Alicia sitting there across from the administrator holding my phone, my, holding my phone and the gift box. She stuffed it into her drawer with her other things, and, they, and they, she stuffed it into her drawer with her other things, and it reminded me of a dog with a kill in its mouth. David's exact words. That is bizarre. And there again, like I say, where was this woman's conscience, her morality, her integrity when she did this? Because what could have been the possible legitimate reason for doing it? And, uh, you know, and have you ever noticed with these people, they're really, their nature, they're really nasty. They're nasty, oh, ugly yeah. people. Um, well, yeah, there's nothing. I, I couldn't imagine. I think they're so unhappy because they know what they are. How could you live with yourself? You know what I mean? How can you live with yourself day in and day out and, and know that you prey on people with disabilities? You prey on yes. senior citizens. But that's how yep. you make a living. What do they put down on their like on their tax report? What's your occupation? Satan in training or something like yeah. that? Because they are pure evil. Yeah, yeah, predator. Yes. I like that, and I I will use that. I, I used to refer yeah. to a lot of them as the obstructionist, but no, predator is a hell of a lot more aggressive. And I correct. started using that phrase about seven, eight years ago, and a lot of people came out and said, "Oh, that's too harsh." And uh, why are you using that? You shouldn't say that. And and you know you and now everybody uses it, which I'm glad they they do because this is exactly what we are talking about. We are talking about a class of predators. They, if they weren't doing guardianship, they would find some other occupation that would allow them to prey on other people because they are predatory in nature. Um, I've been talking about this before, Karen. Yeah, uh, that I've been watching in these science communities. I subscribe to a lot of those. I like to keep track of what's going on and how they're talking more and more now about there being two and possibly three species of human beings on the earth. We're not all the same species because we have different, originated from different areas. But mm -hmm. um, 
to me, this would account for this predator class. They're not the same as the rest of us, where you and I have emotions and we love and we have empathy and sympathy, and you try to do the mm-hmm. right thing. You have a sense of integrity and morality. These people lack any of that. We call them sociopaths, and they are born that way. They aren't made. They're born that way. Um, you know, this indicates, and this has to do, they said this had to do with the RH factor, which, by the way, these fake vaccines and this fake virus, those fake vaccines are all based around your RH factor. Are you negative or positive? It's all predicated upon that. But, um, and, that, and I think all of this is supported by the fact that if a woman is RH negative and she gets pregnant, she has to take shots during that pregnancy to keep from expelling her own baby because the body, her body views it as a foreign invader. You know, so this tells me there is something on the level of DNA that is different. And I like to say how you go to work every day preying on people who are basically defenseless against you in a system that is so crooked and corrupt, how you go to work every day and live with yourself, much less go home and face any family you might have and come back the next day and do it all over again. I I couldn't live with me if I did these things. I couldn't, I would off myself. I couldn't do it. You know? Uh, how some people but again, like I say, yes, anybody out there, if you have any, any information about the whereabouts of David Italiano, please get hold of us. You can get a hold of me at TSRAD1 at Outlook.com, or you can get a hold of Karen. And you want to give your contact again, Karen, whether it's phone number, what it yeah. is, probably be easier. But um, yeah, phone number is five seven zero nine. Excuse me, five seven zero three two seven nine zero seven zero. And if you select extension two three nine, I'll get an email. I can essentially be reached even if I'm not in the office. So if folks yeah. have any ideas, know anything yeah. about David, I wish I had a photo to share. But because he was so yeah. protected, it makes it easy excuse. You know, nobody's yeah. allowed in the facility. Yeah. So um, I'm getting that feedback point. again, Karen, and I think what it is is somebody is tapping into our line here. Um, okay. We're being listened okay. to. I, I've, I've had this happen on shows uh, dealing with government agencies, and you'll hear the line open up, and these people have not got enough sense to keep their mouth shut. And then one night on air, we could hear this talking, and he, what's he saying now? Is she saying anything? Else? I said, you know, we can hear you people. Why don't you just call in? And all of a sudden it went dead. And uh, yeah, and uh, but I'm getting yeah tremendous feedback here. So apparently somebody has uh, hacked the show, and um, and there it just stopped again. Well, don't lurk. Get on here. Okay, hit the number one. It's not me. It's not me. Then if it stopped, because I was getting so worried, I'm like, wait, is it me? But it's not. No. Okay. It's, okay, yeah. I'm glad about Some, that. They, some, we were, we were yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody opened up the line, and then when I said that about, and I say dial 917-388-4520, and as soon as Blog Talk answers, hit the number one, and that'll flag me, and, you, and I'll would, let you get on here. Yeah. Oh, it might be the good guardian that we've been asking for for the last 10 years. Maybe that's who's trying to call and call yeah. in, sit one. Yeah. We've been waiting. Yeah. It's been a we've decade. We've been waiting. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've said. Everybody said, 
always tries to qualify what they say, Karen, with they're not all bad. Okay, bring me one. Just one. We'll celebrate them. I've waited. Uh, this will be starting my 14th year in June on air. I'm still waiting for that one guardian who isn't a predator. Okay, yep, Marty, I go. have a question. I have a question yeah. that you didn't brag to me about. Okay, so I was oh. on your website, and I saw uh-huh. this, like, 3 million number. Are you up mm-hmm. to, like, 3 million listeners a week? No, no. That is a cumulative. We're coming up on 4 million um, number of people what? that have visited the site. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So is it so, still, like, nine 900,000 listeners in a week? No, what we usually yeah. get, that's usually in a month. Um, we oh, get that. Okay. We've, we are in Australia, New Zealand, um, England, Germany, Japan, um, that I know of. Um, we get and hits you're from almost at almost 4 million hits on your website. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I know Marty yeah. never, yeah. Marty never packs, pats herself on the back because Marty, uh, she's not a glory hog. She, I mean, she's the last thing from the glory hog. So I have to do it for her. Like Marty. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, but, you know, when, is, when I was told about this Marty Oakley, um, and it was through some advocacy with David working with some other organizations such as Mind Freedom. And uh-huh. that's Mind Freedom is a group that advocates for people who are forced into psychiatric treatments against their will. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, yes. That was kind of how that connection happened. And so I got to admit, I was a little bit curious, and I'm going to check this out before I have contact with this person. And, yeah, I, I told a couple of my coworkers, our staff that does our social media, I said, do me a favor, dig around, see what you can find on Marty Oakley. And I yeah. got the call from my coworker and said, oh, yeah, this is definitely the show that you want to be on. You know, that this oh, woman, you know, we, we looked at some of the podcasts that you had already had, um, mm-hmm. the one about, it was about having a Merry Christmas unless you have a guardian in particular. Yeah. Um, that one was, was very nice. So when I yeah. saw that, I was immediately, so the fact that I have had this opportunity tonight to bring this awareness to, you know, what's going on. Like I said, I know with you guys, it's preaching to the choir, but there's got to be people out there. That yes. If you're thinking for one second that this shit doesn't happen, yes. you are so yeah. wrong. Yeah. Please reach uh, out. Karen, I'll send uh, you emails. Okay, um, I want to mention to the to you also. Uh, there's a whistleblower summit that we participate in. I host a panel, moderate a panel there every year, and um, uh, I want to talk to you about participating in that. And um, uh, this is out in D.C. And um, uh, it's Marcel Reed uh, is the sponsor of all of that. She puts that together every year, and uh, she herself okay. was a whistleblower. And uh, mm-hmm. but she's quite well known, and um, we work closely with her. And uh, she was the one that opened the door for guardianship at the summit. They it's a whistleblowing fest uh, that she puts together every year, and um, they have panels on various topics and people you could meet. And it's a great place to network because you can talk to other people and find out what they're doing that worked, what didn't work who they got a response from, who they got. I mean, there's just so much networking that goes on. And you always come away from there with a ton of knowledge. If you had to put it in a suitcase, you'd have to pay extra fare for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I want to talk to you um, about participating in that. And also, we have a YouTube channel that we have not utilized. And I would like to do some Zoom 
uh, you know, YouTube stuff and get you out there also. And uh, I don't necessarily have to be in there because um, we could get some of that nursing home. We could get some of that nursing home footage up on that YouTube channel. That would be huge. Uh I love that. That's an awesome thought. Um, Sometimes I have, I have, we, Marty calls them my evil thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Because, because the, 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 I have some footage of Harvey, the, the at holes, anything that I think of that's evil, the at holes don't like. (laughs) There's there's a saying I have to share. Oh, because yeah. since the ad holes are listening, because we actually, Marty and I got a mean email. And um, so the ad holes are listening. Hello, ad holes. I have a quote that I'd like to share. Don't judge a woman by the friends that she makes, but by her enemies. Isn't that a nice quote? Yes, yes it okay, is. That is really and I'm, nice. I'm Isn't it? I know. Because, boy, I've got a ton <laughs> of enemies. Um, Karen, if you don't know what the ad holes are, Judge Stanley Ott who was forced into retirement because of all of the complaints against him, the charges against him. But they call him and his compadres that work with him and help him facilitate everything he did. They call him the Ottholes. Austin Gibson came up with that name, and it's just genius. So for the Ottholes that are listening, that's courtesy of Austin. She loves you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She gave you a special name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just um, yeah, Marty. I would that's... be really, like I said, happy to. Um, I can reach out to other centers for independent living. That, well, like I said, I know we've already got video files and stuff like that of people from that yes. were in facilities sharing their experience. We, um, we another would, guy we that's would in be the, grateful in, to have them, and we would be more than honored to put them up. Um, yes, please. I have a man who we transitioned. He was living in Salzburg. Um, anyway, long story short, the man had had a stroke. After about a year and a half, we were able to assist him to get out of the facility. In the facility, he was so drugged. It was obscene. Awful. If you didn't know better, you yeah. would think that he was just lying there dead. Had a trachea yeah. in, um, all kinds of medications. About a month before he was going to transition, he ripped his trachea out. He ripped it out himself. Oh, wow. He's like, no more. Like, nope, nope, nope. They t- nope. You've got to have certain get that trach back in. Well, let me just say this: he and his wife did an absolutely beautiful video for our agency. It was six months after he had left the nursing home, and oh wow, it shows him walking with a walker. This is a man who, like I wow. said, hasn't been out of bed. I can't tell you how long this transition in in twenty twenty one. Okay, our little teeny tiny agency. It has, I think, five staff in our nursing home transition department. Saved 75 lives. Transitioned 75 oh, wow. people out of institution. Many of those people that had guardians that, again, like I said, they were starting all over. You know, you're 75 years old. Everything you've had is gone. So here's yeah. your first apartment, man. We're going to help you get set up. Here's a coffee pot. We go out, we shop for them, we get the basics, we get them some linens, we help them find housing. Maybe they need some assistance at home. You know, we help them get yeah. enrolled in home and community-based services. Services come to them. They're treated with dignity. They live their life in their community. So 75 people. So I have to say, um, that's what agencies should be doing. Anybody who's getting yes. money 
to help individuals, to support folks with disabilities, for community access and inclusion, has no business being a guardian. None whatsoever. There you go. The conflict there you go. is just disgusting. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. On so many levels, disgusting. Uh, this is, we've got about eight minutes left here, Karen. Um, this has been one of our best interviews so far uh, this year. I think so. And it's, yeah. a, it, I mean, you just kicked our year off amazing. Oh, my gosh, Karen, yes. you kicked the year off amazing. And Marty says, cause we're starting off with Pennsylvania today. Because Marty and I talk on the phone all the time. And I was like, yes. really? I'm like, Yeah. Marty and I, yeah, I think is, how Marty and I met, it was like, we're going on three years. It'll be three years in April, Marty, yeah. that we've been doing this. But I had been, yeah. we had come on a couple times as guests, and I really wanted to just do a show and do it always on Montgomery County because I, I had, I mean, we have like the documents of like 200 victims. And we talked about it, and then it just expanded to so many things. And I was so excited when Marty said, yes, let's do this. And so we're going on three yep. years. Pennsylvania is the state yep. that kicked it all off for me. Twelve years, yeah. ago, 12 wow. years ago, I started to, I mean, uh, what an eye-opener. What an eye-opener that, yeah. that this kind of stuff happens in our country where you think, you know, this is the court, this is justice. And to find out, yeah. I would say to Marty, I would be sheeple if it wasn't for the at holes. So I guess they did yeah. a favor. Well, yeah. there you go. They infuriated yeah, it, it, you enough. They brought you to the top of the cream there, floated up to the top. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. And, you know, I just want to tell you, like, for you, Karen, you are so amazing. I am so impressed. And 75 lives that you saved. This is something that was said to me after Harvey passed away or, in my opinion, might have been murdered. But anyway, um, I had several calls, and they said, cause. Stay in it. Just stay in it because someday somebody who doesn't even know your name will live and live in freedom because you kept going. And that's the same thing for you, Karen. Everything that you're going through, someday somebody who doesn't even know your name is going to live free because of what you're doing. And that's what keeps us going is that person who will never even know who I am. And and there's a difference in their life and their family's life. Well, I'll tell you right now, all I can think is that David is probably wondering, holy shit, well, how am I going to get my ballot out there? Who's going to, you know, how am I going to bring all the things that he just wants to do, whatever? Guardians, his guardian's going to vote for him. That vote is for sale. Yes. The guardians you know, vote for their words. Yeah. yeah. When they, I, when when they tell you that... Uh, they, when they tell you that dead people voted, oh, the Republicans had so many dead people, the Democrats had, the, what it is is they take, uh, they have, they're called bundlers, and they go to the nursing homes and all of this, and they get the death certificates of everybody that died, and then they also anybody under guardianship, and my first flag on this was seeing a case, well, actually several, where their right to every, their rights were stripped from them, from them, everything except the right to vote. And it's people under guardianship, and mm-hmm. they will sell their information. These bundlers collect all of that, sell their information, and then they sell it to attorneys who barter it off into the political parties, and both political parties do it. And that's how dead people vote. Um, they and they may have used these same names year after year. They put down the address of the nursing home 
or the facility they were in, and nobody questions it, and then they go cast all those votes. Uh, mail-in and in Pennsylvania, or, yeah, and in yeah. Pennsylvania, the guardian can legally vote for the ward yep. because they're voting what yep. they, as as the wonderful guardian guardian believes that their ward would have wanted to vote. Okay, let's. Yeah. I'm going to buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, there you uh-huh. go. So we've got all four minutes. Are all for sale. We got yeah. four minutes left yeah. here, girls. Uh, this went fast. Um, yeah. Karen, you got to come back on. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Get, I, I just like I looked at your numbers, Marty, and everything else that we have tried. And when I saw the exposure that you get, I I was like, you know, I I could be doing a couple other things on a Friday night, but no, this was clearly the priority. This was the opportunity to get this story out there to so many people. I thank you. And we can exchange some emails because I would definitely like to stay involved. Um, And I also want to make a connection with you guys and our sister still that is in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, um, because they're working with two individuals there who have um, not quite as severe to where they've vanished, but what kind of something needs, okay, I got a little excited here in December when Pennsylvania was talking about there were going to be some hearings in Harrisburg in the state capitol, and they were going to be looking at uh-huh. guardianship. We know there's oh. some issues. So you know what one of the things was, one of the things that they're proposing to do that they're going to change that's going to make this better in Pennsylvania? What? What? Guardian getting $100 a month. The stipend that they get for, like, their time and stuff, they're going to increase it to three. That's the changes. That Pennsylvania has oh. identified that needs to happen with the system. Oh, Give well, guardians that, more money. Yeah, that'll fix. Oh everything. my gosh. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Give them yeah. more I'll money. I'll get that article out to you. Yeah. I will get that out to you. Um, that was just like okay. the third week of December, I'll, maybe. Yeah. And I'm going to yes. link you up also on the PPJ. And so when you put an article out. Let me know and, you know, send it over to me with your backlinks and everything. I'll post it on the PPJ and start uh, publicizing you there. And like I say, we'll put a link, um, an icon link in the sidebar for you. And um, we'll try to get this, because this is important. This is really important. Um, And like I say, uh, think about the YouTube thing. And... Um, oh, everybody, thank you. We had a packed house tonight. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening in. And to whoever ever our lurkers were that broke into the line, <laughs> uh, next time, don't don't be a chicken ninny. Call in. Get that number one. I'll let you talk, and I promise I'll, I'll be nice. And we don't bite. As much we as are, I'm we're able. always nice. We're always yes. nice, Marty. I can't yes. believe people would not think that you're nice. And I, I to not think that I'm so sweet. I yeah. know. I'm like super sweet and you're super nice. I can't believe people think yeah. anything different. And, and Karen, <laughs> if you're really, really, really nice to cause, she'll send you a big, gigantic cinnamon roll from her bakery. It makes everything yeah. worthwhile. Oh, <laughs> oh it's hot. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm a food kind of girl. I tell people I'm built for comfort, not for speed. And I assure there, everybody there that the figure that I maintain is not fast food. It is good yeah. home cooking comfort on a yep. cold night in Pennsylvania, a warm cinnamon oh, yeah. roll and a cup of coffee. <gasps> oh, yep. yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. 
Yeah. Ladies, I thank you both so much thank for your you. passion. I thank yeah. you for the opportunity, like I said, to ask, you know, dear God, somebody, somebody's got to know something about David Italiano. Reach out, please. Yeah. 570-327-9070, yeah, extension 239. I thank you both. Um, have a really, really great night, ladies, and we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. We're down to the wire here. Uh, catch us again next Friday because Kaz and I are back up and running full speed again. And we will talk Yay. to you all later. Good night, everyone. Good night.